0: What a great way to uh, head into our next piece this morning. We are wrapping up. Go ahead and come on down, my friends. We are wrapping up our uh, final week of our family life J term. Over the past month, we've been focusing on our call as uh, followers of Jesus to be disciple makers in the families where God has placed us. Last week, we focused on uh, God's very high value of children. Uh, Today, we're going to turn the tables just a little bit, and if you would, read this verse with me from Deuteronomy. Remember the days of old. Consider the generations long past. Ask your father, and he will tell you. Your elders and they will explain to you. We have a wonderful gift here at Faith Covenant Church. We are a multi-generational church. And I thought it would be fun, uh, this last Sunday of Family Life Month, for us to have a conversation with three of our seniors, led by two of our teenagers. And I... Yeah, we're bringing another mic right over here. Thank you, John. There you go. Thank you. And um, is that the same... Should Sue have that one? Yeah, we're good. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, so this conversation is uh, something we've talked about and we've, uh, we've chosen some questions. And I'm going to pray and then I'll let you all introduce yourselves. Let's do that. Holy God, we are grateful for the opportunity to come before you and hear from you through your children who have walked decades uh, on this earth. Uh, faithful to you we pray holy god that you would open our eyes and liven our hearts we come together with the family of god worldwide in the church the body of christ and we want to hear from you this morning so lord we invite you to speak to us in your name we pray amen so why don't we introduce ourselves i'm brad i'm lee
1: i'm sue wallerick
2: monroe larson
1: christina peterson
2: and I'm Tyler Collins.
0: Very good. So, uh, uh, our young people have some questions first. So, I believe Tyler, you, uh, Christina, you start.
1: Yes. Did you have a nickname growing up?
3: I did, I guess, because my name is so short. I was always either Leo or Lee Man or Lee Boy, or you get the you get the pattern.
4: Well, I have to make this short because it could take the entire hour. Um, Uh, My name, I was named after both of my grandmothers, who were Ida, so my first given name was Ida. However, the next name, Kathleen, is the one that I was going to go by, and I probably went by that for a year, year and a half, and someone stayed with us, and he called me Susie Q. So I have been Susie or Sue ever since that. And as I say, you could call me anything, and I probably wouldn't hear you because I have a hard of hearing, but I will answer to any name you can call me.
2: I had an unusual nickname when I was in uh, grade school. My schoolboy pals called me Minnow. And the, the reason for that was that all through grade school, in every class, and up until the ninth grade, I was the shortest person in our class. That means I was shorter than every girl. I was small and I was slight. But God, in his love for me, gave me something that the other boys didn't have. I was quick. Nobody was quicker than me, and nobody ever beat me in a foot race in all those years. I was the fastest boy in school. And as a result of that, they just gave me the name Minnow. And God, in His grace and mercy, when I got to the 10th grade, in the next three years, I grew 13 and a half inches. And then, in God's love for me, when I turned 40, I started growing sideways. <laughs> so...
5: What is your favorite hobby and why?
3: Probably reading. I've done that a lot all my life. I don't know how else you can learn about so many different people, places, things, events, history, and the Lord. It's a great, great hobby.
4: Well, I bake cookies. My email address is Cookie Sue. I I read a lot. I'm in two book clubs. However, unfortunately, I can read a book three months later and be surprised by the ending. Uh, my memory is now so great. Um, somebody told me they thought my, my hobby was people, and I never really thought of that, but I love people, and I'm energized by people, um, and I just um, am so blessed with so many people in my life, and I love to have people over for movies or game nights, Or so I'm a real... Barbara Streisand song, People Who Need People, I have the luckiest people in the world, and I guess I feel that way.
2: Um, hobbies change as we age, for all of us, and... Um as a boy, I, we lived next to, a, uh, after we moved from um, Lake Nicomas to St. Paul, I, I, I lived next door to a golf course, country club. Started caddying and started working there. And um, as a result of that, I started playing golf at the age of 12. And, but now I love woodworking. I've been doing that. And um, I like to fix things. When something breaks, I kind of like that. That gives me an opportunity to see if I can fix it. And make it run. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's, it's, uh, it's just something that I enjoy. But the one hobby that I've enjoyed all my entire life, since I've been a young boy, is building model airplanes. Some didn't fly so well, but there were others that flew very well, and it's always been a source of relaxation and enjoyment.
1: What was your house like growing up?
2: For the first
3: 12 years of my life I lived with my grandparents this was during World War II and it was a tiny little house out in the middle of nowhere in Indiana we had no indoor plumbing no electricity central heating with one big stove uh that I used to melt crayons on but um uh, it was pretty spartan but I never knew that we were poor <laughs> I don't think we were but um uh, by today 's standards, we probably were
4: Well, I lived in a small town in Iowa, and uh, we had <laughs> we had um, several rental houses we lived in, but the last one I remember I moved in we moved in when I was probably fourth grade or something and lived there till i moved out till i graduated anyway i remember how exciting it was the day we got indoor plumbing they actually put a bathroom in my closet so because it was above the heater and i don't remember what but (laughs) anyway so everyone would go through my my bedroom to get to this nice warm bathroom we didn't have to go outside anymore which was amazing and i also remember getting tv for the first time and how The black and white TV was so snowy you could hardly see a picture, but I love Lucy and we love love that. Also we lived next door to my grandpa and grandma's and we had a gravel driveway between. We played volleyball in that driveway every Saturday night. All our friends, our aunts and uncles, um, everybody. We had a net made of onion bags, onion sacks that they had sewed together and then eventually my grandpa bought a, a volleyball net for us, but a lot of great memories.
2: Well, I grew up in a, it was a pretty large home by late Nokomis, Um for about the first 12 years of my life. Um, it was big because there were seven of us in the family, and my mother and father. I had a, a younger brother and sister. And for the first 19 years of my life, my grandmother and grandfather lived just down the hallway. And so our home was a, a gathering place. My parents were ang- immigrants along with my grandparents and so were my uh, aunts and uncles and so our home became a gathering place it was a p- place of prayer meetings all of my mother's and father's side were evangelical christians of course as a boy i didn't realize how important that was my parents believed in discipline and i had chores to do as a young boy but i kind of enjoyed it i still enjoy them to this day i still love cutting grass and washing cars i still love those things that they they taught me as a boy and one of the things that they did was They believed in discipline, and they did their best to instill in me the values and responsibilities that that go with me yet today. And when I think back about that home life and what they gave me, I just still feel it was so very, very special, and I'm so very grateful for it.
3: Tyler and Christina, what do you want to do when you graduate from high school?
2: Um
5: I want to I really I really love football, so if I had my way, I would be a football coach. But if I couldn't do that, I would love to work with children. Um, they're just balls of energy and they like they meet each other and three seconds later they're best friends so.
1: When I graduate, um, I probably would want to, I really want to be a pilot because I really like going different places and exploring. Um, And I also want to help animals if I get the chance and just to, I don't know, create a better life for them.
4: Um, Tyler, what makes you the most fearful?
5: Um, Probably disappointing my parents or God. Um, There is a high standard at our house of doing good and being good and not meeting that standard is very it it still is a lot of fear because you know you want to make your parents and God proud
1: yeah I'm nervous of like letting my parents down and God too but I'm also afraid
4: of heights
2: (laughs) And you want to be a pilot?
4: Yeah. <laughs> you, know, and you and you don't want to go skydiving with me? Oh. I <laughs> it, if
0: if I thing. could just jump in for a second, Tyler answered that question uh, the last uh, service, and I just maybe you could respond. How do you respond to this call from God to do good? And and how do you do? How do how do you? Uh, not get uh, kind of disabled by wanting uh, not wanting to disappoint God
3: well that is that fear is a motivator of no doubt but I know I've always had this sense all my life that I've been called Mm. chosen Mm -hmm. and I feel like I need to respond to that in any kind of service any kind of giving back that I possibly can uh, and I've had a lot of good teachers to help me do that. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe that's the main reason, main way.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, so, Sue, you, I interrupted. You have the next question, don't you?
4: Yeah. I didn't know I did that. I fearful, I think.
2: That... Well, here, I've got a question for you, and I don't want you to get in trouble when you get home, so be careful how you answer this. What do your parents do that drives you crazy? <laughs> So we'll start with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um.
5: So my personality is that I am always right, even when I am wrong. And so well, I am on my phone a little bit too much during the day, and sometimes Dad will come up and be like, "You should probably get off of that," and I'm like, "Yeah." Like my mind knows that I should get off of it, but i 'm like, if I get off of it i 'm telling Dad that he 's right, so like <laughs> no. and then my mom, if there was such a thing as caring too much, mom actually does care too much um, we she is very loving of us, which makes her very protective, so if we 're fearful of something she's even more stressed out and fearful about it. And that's kind of what annoys me.
1: Well, great, because my mom and my dad are both staring at me <laughs> trying okay. to... Okay, um, probably when, it's when my mom, sometimes she will tell me to do something or say like, no, you can't do that. But then like a minute later, she'll do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like we go off each other saying like, like, we have, like, an unspoken rule where, like, we have to listen to each other even though we know that we're probably going to end up doing, like, making a mistake a few seconds later. Um, with my dad, probably when I'm trying to get ready for school and he's, like, saying, get out of your room. He's going to miss the bus. But I'm, like, I'm like, oh, five more minutes. And then it, I, I make the bus, but by, like... Three seconds, maybe.
5: <laughs> did you go to church when you were growing up and what was it like?
3: Yes, I did. As I said, I lived with my grandparents until I was about 12, and they were very Pentecostal. Uh, which is kind of interesting i saw a lot of praying in tongues and dancing in the spirit and getting slain in the spirit and whatever but they were dear dear people when i was twelve i uh... went off as a singer with our pastor as an evangelist kind of throughout indiana and that was a real experience but i'll tell you a secret if you won't pass it on I had a real crush on the evangelist's daughter. (laughs) And I think that may have been at least an equally important factor in my doing this as it was spreading the gospel.
4: (laughs) Um, I went to a Lutheran church in my small town, Um, went to church, Sunday school, baptized sprinkled and baptized, went to Sunday school, went to church all the time, um, vacation Bible school, I remember was three, two weeks long, all day long, um, um, Luther League, um, uh, Confirmation, Confirmation, I remember learning hymns, memorizing the Catechism, but I don't remember memorizing any scripture, which I think is rather interesting. Um, and I, um, I knew God loved me, but I didn't feel any personal relationship with, with God.
2: And I, I grew up attending Bethesda Evangelical Free Church. And in the 30s and 40s, it was one of the uh, really progressive, booming evangelical churches in the Twin Cities. And it was located on 38th Street near Hiawatha Avenue. And like all young boys, at that particular time, at least for me and for a lot of my pals, I loved Sunday school, and I loved Bible drill, and I loved the stories that I learned each Sunday. I really did. I really got so that I enjoyed them. And I, uh, of course, enjoyed vacation Bible school and summer camp at Medicine Lake. And then our church, we had a lot of missionaries come in from the field and evangelists that would speak on Sunday morning. And I recall enjoying that, even as a young person. And in those days, um, we had to sit with our parents during the sermons. But as I look back on that, I I recall enjoying that also. It was a great experience, and it was at Bethesda Church as a young boy that I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life.
1: How and why did you become a Christian?
2: that's a hard one
3: for me because I had like two halves of my childhood early on with this Pentecostal background and then later on with no church affiliation whatsoever but for some reason I always felt like I had been picked by God to be part of his his family and wherever we were there was always a family or a friend who saw to it that I was picked up on Sunday morning and taken to church So I've always read that as an indicator. That's where I was supposed to be spending my time, and that I loved being there. And the whole experience just, I guess, took hold of me as I tried to take hold of it.
4: Well, like I said, when I left the uh, when I graduated from high school, the church there, I felt God loved me, but I didn't feel anything personal. I came up to Minneapolis to go to school, and I had three amazing. roommates. One of them was Jill's mother and they were all three um, on fire Christians and we started going over to Campus Crusade over at the U and um, someone from Campus Crusade came over and did Bible study for us in the dorm and uh, that's when I asked the Lord into my life and my roommates were all there and everybody cheered. (laughs) And an interesting thing is I was baptized at Covenant Pines at the family, family camp out, uh, or family weekend, two years ago, or a year ago.
2: Um, it's hard for me to remember or to think of when I was not a Christian or that I did not believe in Jesus, but there was an event that happened in my life at Bethesda. I'll tell you the date. It was May 8, 1944, Sunday morning, an evangelist came to our church, and it was a program for the children of the church church was packed. And he spoke to the hearts of these young boys and girls. And when he was through, he asked for an altar call, and he said he wanted us to come forward and publicly accept Jesus Christ. I was just a little guy, eight years old, you know, this this tall. And in those days, on a warm Sunday morning, you know, the uniform for little boys with shorts, <laughs> suspenders, I had a little white shirt on with a necktie and Buster Brown shoes. That's the way we dressed. And my dad could tell that I was, I was going to stand up. I was shaking. And I stood up, and my dad said, Monroe, I'll go with you. And I said, no, 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 I'm going to go alone. And I made my way down that pew past my mother and father. You never forget things like this. And they were smiling at me and nodding at me my little brother and my sister, and there was my Uncle Gust and Venla, Cousin Bob and Cousin Alice, all evangelical born-again Christians. And Bob was giving me the high sign, and Uncle Gust was smiling at me, and I went forward and I accepted Christ that day. And the reason I I gave you that story is I, I, I want you to know this, and I want you to write this on the tablet of your heart, that when you belong to Jesus, and you get to be older... Scripture becomes real. Prayers become answered. And you have confidence in God. And you realize that you belong to Him and nothing can ever touch you without His permission. And then there's one more thing, and you write this on the tablet of your heart. When you have that experience, I'm going to be 84 in three weeks and so i have had a lifetime of this. And you see God's promises and you, see these, you realize nothing is impossible for God, and nothing is ever outside the reach of prayer, only that which is not the will of God. Take that with you, and you've got it made for all of life and all of eternity.
5: When do you feel closest to
3: God? couple of thoughts um, I just love music and I'm listening to something like Bach who wrote his music to the glory of God, wow it just transcends you know your surroundings and your circumstances. so that's very important to me. Uh, but I think beyond that the other area is when I'm least vulnerable or most vulnerable when I realize I've come to the end of myself, and I've got to depend on God. He's the only one that can deal with it. So those two areas really help me.
4: Um, I agree with the music, um, praise music. I just feel like I'm really in the presence of the Lord, and I have music on at home all the time and in my car. Um, it really speaks to me. And I another thing is um, is God's creation. I mean, wow! You look at a sunset, and I mean, it's like I just I just praise God for the amazing creation He made for us to enjoy, and I feel really close to the Lord um, in times like that.
2: Well, it's a pretty simple question to answer. Um, As a young boy, I was aware of Christ's presence, and now I'm a much older person, and I'm still aware of His presence every day in my life. And I knew I belonged to Him when I was young, and those same feelings remain with me to this day. He is still my awesome, sovereign God of my life and will continue to be so for all of eternity. And that's keep that message in your hearts. That's what's important. Now,
3: what, do you guys, um, what do you guys uh, see or hear at school that really troubles you? And I know you're largely homeschooled, but maybe some experience...
5: Yeah, so I'm home schooled but I go to the Alpha High School for band and choir. And in band and choir, there are a lot of kids who uh, have potty mouths, <laughs> and they they say some not very nice words, and they also don't really care about their grades. So, um, like a D or a C is like... That's that's great. Like they got a D or C. Ooh, they're doing good that semester. Um, instead of like getting good grades, and that kind of troubles me.
1: For me, at my school, I see a lot of um, negative and hateful words and actions and thoughts, and I see that people pr- try to bring each other down so they can feel better about themselves and i feel bad for people that are getting bullied and the bullies because they have something going on in their heart that is stopping them from being happy and positive um but i just i really try to like i don't know spread positivity and love and the word of god in my school as much as i can because it's really difficult right now and i just wish there was more kindness in my school
4: um, Tyler, who are you most thankful for in your life and why?
5: Um, two people. Um, they are a mother and a son. Um, the mother's name is Miss Terry, and the son's name is Justin. And they are both been around the house a lot, and they are um, what Jesus looks like in the flesh. And they're just so incredible and nice. And they're like a second pair of grandparents to me.
1: Well, definitely my mom, my dad. But um, I have two friends in my life. Well, no, three. Um, Anna and Sam, who are so kind and supportive of me. And are just, just always there for me. And I love them so much. And they've really helped me strengthen my relationship with Jesus. And my confirmation teacher, Molly, who is just always giving me great resources and always assuring me that it's going to be okay and that I'm going to get through this and that I'm going to love God, because I do, and just love him even more.
2: Now, you know about this question because uh, we, we had a little time to think about it. What is something you'd like someone like me to teach you? Now, remember, I'm 84 almost, and you're 14. That's 70 years. I don't own a a smartphone, so that makes me a handicapped person. But I I, I want you to think of how how could the three of us, what is there that we could do that that could teach you something or help you with something?
5: Um, The answer to that question is be uh, less smartphone-dependent. Ah! like old pe- older people, they don't.
4: heard that.
5: Uh, they don't go along with modern trends. So like, most older people they still have like Facebook, but they don't have like Snapchat or Instagram. And us kids, teens, we're like, ooh, new trend, gotta buy that new stuff. I need that. I need that. And older people are just like, eh, we can live without that. <laughs>
1: Um, I was, I really want to know how I can talk, will feel more confident about talking about God and my relationship with him at school. I do sometimes, but I want to increase that and share the word even more. And, um, I know that you guys have been around longer than us, um, and it would just be cool to know, like, what it's. Maybe just, like, some history, like, to know, um, like, what it was like a while back when we weren't around. Yeah.
2: Okay. Thank you.
1: What makes you afraid these days? Are you afraid of death?
3: (coughs) I'm afraid of dying, uh, but not afraid of death or being dead or whatever you want to call that. Uh, I'm afraid of dying because there's often pain, loss of dignity, um, loss of loved ones that you love being around. So those are bad things, and I do fear that. But as far as being dead or the, the, being in, in death, that's just a step into the next life that God has promised us. And it'll be so much better than this one. I look forward to it.
4: Um, what am I fearful for? I, I just think about, um, fearful about, I mean, there's, I think about how life has changed so much in the last 30, 40 years, and there's so many more. Um, dangers, temptations, things out there for our, for our kids and for our grandkids, and, and, and that kind of frightens me. We just really have to be in prayer for our kids all the time. Um, and I look for I hate to say this, my grandkids say I should. I look forward to dying. They say, Grandma, you need to be around longer, but I look forward to being in heaven with
2: God. Well, when we got this question, of all the questions that we've received, this one really struck me as being so important. Um, and it's something that is, is going to be something in your life that you're going to have to deal with. But normal fear is important emotion in our life, and we have to have it. It warns us. It tells us when something is unsafe. And sometimes in our life we have to react quickly or immediately to avoid injury or even possible death. And so the fear that, that, that is instilled in us is the natural fear, is is important it, it, without that we 'd be in serious trouble, but there 's another side to it, and no Christian is exempt from it no one and it 's anxiety and worry with fear and it 's normal to have anxiety about to get anxious about a test to get anxious about your scores when you 're ready to go to college to be to be anxious about speaking in front of a large group that 's all very, very normal but when <coughs> Anxiety and fear, that can cripple a person, even as Christians. But here's, what, here's what's important to know. Worry and anxiety never come from God. Because the focus then isn't on God. It, worry and anxiety transfers, and the focus becomes on us when we're anxious and when we worry. But we're not exempt from it. So here's what we need to remember. You can't have fear and anxiety and at the same time have peace with Christ can't do it. You either have one or the other, but not both. Anxiety and fear are incompatible with the peace of God. So what do I do when I become anxious? Well, there's a a place in my Bible, and Esther's holding my Bible. I didn't bring it up here, and I have turned to that verse so many times in the Bible that now when I open my Bible, it's open to Isaiah 41.10. And I want to read it to you. This scripture calms me, and it helps me. Do not fear. I'll put my name in here. Do not fear, Christina, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, Christina, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. That's a promise. God never breaks a promise. Never. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Because you love him and because he cares about you, nothing's ever going to happen to you without his permission. So then, you know, this part about death. No, I'm not afraid of death, and it has nothing to do with bravery. Because of Christ, because I believe in Him, when this body I live in can no longer support my life, no longer support my life, it's going to pass away. But we have to die to be resurrected, just like Christ. And that's important to remember. So when you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's sealed by the Holy Spirit. Nothing can ever change it. Nothing. You belong to Christ. And as long as you know that and you trust that, He's going to open doors for you in your life that will be beyond anything you could ever imagine at your age that you're presently at. That's a lot to look forward to.
5: Why do you continue to trust God?
3: All I have to do is look back. If you look back over your life and you see those times when God just stepped in and made everything work, you know, that's what builds faith. It does to me anyway. And He is faithful and true and just. Nothing goes by Him that He's not prepared to deal with. Well, I'm finite and frail and full of doubts a lot of times. I just turn to God, and He takes over, and I'm in good shape. He's the best. Amen.
4: And I agree. Um, it's God's faithfulness. And everything that I've gone through, any tough times, the uh, death of my husband, uh, many, many things. God sent people into my life to walk me through it. Um, he is just so incredibly faithful, and I have no reason to ever... Doubt
2: that. Thank you. Well, it's the same thing. We, you, you know, you learn trust from relationships. It starts with your mother and father. You've grown up in a Christian home, and they love you. And they sacrifice for you, and they care for you. There anything they wouldn't do for, you, do for you. And because of that, you trust them. You trust them with everything you have. You may not always like their discipline, but they're trustworthy. The same is true with Jesus When he becomes Lord of your life, he keeps every promise. And he listens to you when you speak to him. He's right there. It's Jesus who directs your life. I didn't really understand that too much as a younger person, but it sure became evident to me as I got into my 20s that God had a plan for my life. He's trustworthy. When we belong to God, we're precious to him. And I said this before, just keep this on the tablet of your heart. Nothing is going to happen to you without your Father's permission. And this is a trust that the world that we live in desperately needs to know.
1: Who or what has helped you walk the journey of faith?
3: (coughs) Well, I think for one One thing that... That which God has left us is scripture. I mean, there's just so much depth, so much uh, hope, so much uh, correction in that. But beyond that, in terms of human people, I've had so many good pastors ever since I began this journey to this very day. And mentors. I've had some great mentors in my life who just live out. You can look at them and see what Jesus is like, as someone said earlier. And all of those things together just build you up and give you the courage you need to face the day.
4: I, I just almost want to say ditto to everything that Lee says. But um, my father was uh, very influential in my life, and he loved the Lord, and... and um, uh, we had many good discussions, and he was such a such a loving, loving person to everybody and I guess that Uh, and a people person too Um, and all through the ages all through the ages, that doesn't sound good all through the years there have been Bible studies, there have been uh, pastors, there have been certainly your Christian friends that support you and encourage you and you learn from them, I mean like this Bible study that's coming up with this women's Bible study, I have met so many women through these Bible studies and, and the Bible studies are good but it's so great to hear their life stories too and I am um, inspired, and I am—I grow through other Christian women.
2: Well, it's always people, isn't it? People that come into our lives that God puts in our life to care for us. You know, you start with parents, and we've talked about that. And but then there's other people He brings into your life, and they're there not only just to comfort you and to be your friend, but sometimes to correct you or to point something out or to disciple you. I met Rick Drank in this church. Rick, uh, when he was 23 years old, just out of college. He's discipled me for 51 years. He's been such an important person in my life, along with great pastors. But then the other great gift in my life was Esther. I met her when I was at Augsburg, and she was attending there. She was a nursing student. And after a period of time, it became clear that God intended for us to share our life together. She is, every day, a constant source of encouragement to me. And she is a witness of Jesus Christ. And it can't get any better than that. I wish that for both of you.
5: How may Christina and I pray for you this week? At this stage of my
3: life, what I want more than anything else is to finish well. We all want to hear someday the Lord say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." So I want to be eligible, if you will, for that by continuing the race uh, in a in a good way.
4: Yeah. And thinking about all the dangers in in the world now, I, I really pray for my uh, grandkids. I pray, um, that I pray that the Lord would just keep them safe and what well, help them to make good decisions in their school and in their work, and just to watch over them.
2: Thank you. Well, thank you that you want to pray for us. and I'd like you to pray for my grandsons. Um, we, we all need prayer. And, um, our grandsons, our two grandsons, lost their mother when, when they were young boys. And they've just had a terrible time recovering from that. It's been difficult. And what Esther and I want most for them is if you would pray that God would bring people into their young lives that would show them the way to Jesus Christ, that would would help them understand just how important it is in their life. As older people and grandparents, you know you try to do the best you can, but it's still generational. It still is. And it's always important to have someone your age or about your age that you trust and that you can talk to and that you know care about you. And that's what we pray for. And if you'll do that, I thank you.
3: Christina and Tyler, how may Sue and Monroe and I pray for you this week? Um,
5: My family is actually going through a little bit of a rough time. My dad just started a new job and just pray that we can trust god and that the new job is everything that dad hopes it will be
1: um i would really appreciate if you prayed for um more hearts to be opened and more hope to learn more and um gain a better relationship with jesus christ um and just just a lot more kindness and love.
0: So here's how we're going to end today. Um, first of all, isn't this just great? So good. <laughs> you know, the, 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 for it, was, it was God's good intentions that the local church for out, throughout its history would always be Multiple generations coming together and being part of the family of God. So thank you. Um, I'm going to stop crying. Um, We're going to have, we're all going to stand, and you can stand with us actually. And uh, uh, Tyler's going to pray for these three, and Lee's going to pray for those two. I'll close in prayer. If you have a prayer need, we're going to have some people down front who would love to pray for you. Uh, If you're new to Faith Covenant Church, uh, Jill and I are going to be out at the high top tables and uh, we'd love to meet you. If you want to learn more about the new classes coming up, uh, that's just a bit further down uh, the, the uh, hallway there. Uh, let's stand and uh, we'll close in prayer this way.
5: Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this day, and thank you that we could have this wonderful service. Um, We just pray for Lee as he would like to finish his life well. Um, Pray that you help him do this and that you always walk alongside him. We pray for Sue's grandchildren and that they are just safe and they make good decisions in life and that they know that you are always walking there right beside them if they need any help. And we pray for Monroe's um, two grandchildren as they have lost their mother. We pray that they would have people who come alongside them and comfort them and take that position over and that they would just have a good life and be comforted.
3: Father, first, I just want to thank you for these two young people. They are amazing, just absolutely amazing. And I know that our future is secure when we're going to be followed by people like this. Mm-hmm. I pray for Tyler's family, Lord, as they undergo this event, a new job for the dad. May it be everything that he expects us to be. May it be everything that is needed financially, emotionally, and so on. And just bless him in it, Lord. And I pray for Christina, Father. She has such a heart, it's obvious, uh, for her peers. Give her the wisdom, the discernment, the skill she needs to reach out even more to these people and to tell them about you and how much better life can be when you're part of it. Bless her, Lord. Keep her safe. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: And God, we are so grateful for the faith family, uh, the church worldwide your perfect wisdom in uh, helping us focus on what is good and true, and that is loving you and loving each other in this family that you have put together called the church. We pray, Holy God, uh, that you would, through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would lead our church into a deeper relationship with you, but also a deeper relationship with each other. We pray that you would open up uh, avenues so that uh, different generations are building uh, deep, deep bonds so that you strengthen us in you and guide us into a, a deeper abiding. We ask all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Give these, this gang another round of applause. Go in peace and have a great week.